But this is the Bible verse that everyone needs to know. And I would venture to guess most of you at some point, if you've ever darkened the halls of a vacation Bible school or been in a church at some point, you've probably heard this verse. You may even claim it for yourself. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I can remember as a child, uh, the reason this verse is special to me and the reason that I'm uh, using this for the text this morning is because this is the first Bible verse my mother taught me to memorize. And so that has been a verse that has stuck with me for a while. So in a way, I guess I'm honoring my mother by preaching on that this morning. And uh, when she had me memorize it, of course it was in King James Version, so I wanted to to share that verse with you uh, on the screen, or maybe some of you have a King James Version uh, Bible yourself. Uh, The Bible in the pew, if you didn't bring one, is home and Christian, and you can follow along. But Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct that thy paths. That one verse has been a common thread in my life that has tied me to God since the very first day that I learned it. Has anyone ever seen that verse before, before today? Anybody? Yeah, it's a very popular verse. Well, even when I was running far from God and not living a life that was honoring God, this verse still stayed in my mind because I still knew it even though my life was not working out in a way that I wish it would. The one thing this verse showed me when I was not living for the Lord, that if I were to live for the Lord, I would probably have things turn out better in my life. But still today, believers and non-believers alike, uh, they know this verse or at least have heard some form of it, And I am sure that my mother was not the only one to teach this verse to their children. So in honor of mothers and women who have had influence in our lives, let us look at the timeless truths this passage can teach us today. The first thing that we can see is the obvious command is to trust in the Lord. And so I'd like for us to take a look for a moment at verses, starting with verse 1, And look to the first half of verse 5. It says, My son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands, for they will bring you many days a full life and well-being. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and high regard in the sight of God and man. Then verse 5, Trust in the Lord. With all your heart. What we see here is that wisdom is trusting those who love us and have our best interest at heart. We can trust a lot of people and a lot of things in our life, but if we want to be wise, we are going to trust those people that have our best interest at heart. Whether it be a mother, a father, a teacher, a coach, a pastor, a Bible study leader, whatever, whoever it may be. We want to surround ourselves with people and trust those that have our best interest at heart. And the reason I say that is because as you read Proverbs chapter 3, this is the writer of Proverbs having a father-son chat. And he's talking to him about wisdom and how to, to make the Lord his number one 
priority. Let me ask you something. Have you ever had your mother's words come back to haunt you? Many times. Especially when you were, you were being raised and, and your mother would say, well, you'll find out when you have children. And then guess what? You found out. And then you will tell your children. You will find out when you have children. And the cycle keeps going on and on and on. I think the crazier thing is, is do you remember what age you were when you started saying things and sounding like your parents? But usually around the 18, 19 age when you start, my goodness, my mom just said that right out of my mouth. But it's because they are, they have our best interests at heart. They, they love us and, and they will be willing to tell us things we don't want to hear, whether it be a mother, a father, a grandparent, a family member, uh, that spend their lives trying to give us their best attempt at wisdom in hopes that one day it will benefit us. I want to give you just a, a few examples today from the Bible of, of women that have, have done that, that have been biblical examples. If you go to the book of Ruth in the Old Testament, we see that there is a mother-daughter bond that is thicker than anything that, that you've ever seen. It's a bond between Naomi and Ruth. Naomi is Ruth's mother-in-law, but sometimes that in-law doesn't really matter, does it? Because I know plenty of people that are very close to their in-laws. Like my mother-in-law, I don't call her a mother-in-law, I call her a mother. And so we see here that Ruth and Naomi have a bond that surpasses anything that the world can know because there was a famine, and we know that Ruth was married to one of Naomi's sons, and during that famine, Naomi's sons passed away, both sons. So both daughter-in-laws are left with Naomi, and then so we pick up the story. Naomi is trying to talk her daughter-in-laws from out of following her. In other words, look, you're young, you could get remarried, you could be taken care of, just leave me alone. Just, I'm baggage to you. And so, I mean, she was trying to, to protect these girls. But as we pick up the story in Ruth chapter 1, starting with verse 16, this is a beautiful, beautiful passage. It says, Ruth was speaking, do not persuade me to leave you or go back and not follow you. This is awesome. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. And your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May Yahweh punish me and do so severely if anything but death separates you and me. What a beautiful passage. Because as you study that story, Ruth was not even a Jew. She was a Moabite. So in all, for all intents and purposes, she didn't know God. She didn't respect the Jewish customs. But because of her relationship with Naomi, she said, I want what you have, the God that you serve. The love that you have shown me, I want that and I am never going to leave you. That is the kind of mothers that we need today. That is the kind of daughters that we need today. Those that are going to lead others to Jesus Christ. Those that are going to share 
the gospel with them. And so not only did they have a bond together where Ruth would not leave Naomi, Naomi does something for Ruth that a lot of us don't like. You know what a comfort zone is, don't you? Like right now, I mean, if during our meet and greet time, some of you, you love to go around and shake hands, but for some of you, that's just kind of weird, you know. Some churches do that, some churches don't, but we all have our comfort zone. We all have that area where we like to operate. We don't like to go out of it. But Naomi pushes Ruth out of her comfort zone. We see in chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, shouldn't I find security for you so that you will be taken care of? Now isn't Boaz our relative? Haven't you been working with his female servants? This evening he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfumed oil, and wear your best clothes. In southern, that would mean, honey, go get gussied up. Go get purdy. And it says, verse 3, wash, put on perfumed oil, and wear your best clothes. Go down to the threshing floor, but don't let the man know you were there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, notice the place where he's lying. Go in and uncover his feet and lie down. Then he will explain to you what you should do. This was something that was pushing Ruth out of her comfort zone. But yet Naomi knew that she had to do this. Because Ruth had to trust Naomi even though what she asked pushed her out of her comfort zone. Now, if, if Naomi had not pushed Ruth out of her comfort zone, they would have never gotten together and they would have never been part of the family line of Jesus Christ. All because Naomi, as a mother, pushed Ruth to do something that was uncomfortable. Folks, when we trust in the Lord, we are trusting in somebody that has our best interest at heart. When we trust in those we love, they have our best interest in heart. Because as you read Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, I'll go ahead and tell you this. It has no regard for a comfort zone. Nowhere is a comfort zone something that is a concern for God. Because we trust Jesus because he has our best interest at heart. Whether we see it or feel it at the time. Why do we trust? We trust because we love. The second thing we see in the second half of verse 5 is we see that trust does not trust Unless it is complete. Trust is not trust unless it is complete. Reminds me of uh, the popular illustration, I've probably used it before, where the the man is uh, walking on a high wire between two buildings in uh, New York, two tall skyscrapers, and he walks across. He says, who thinks I can do it again backwards? Everybody says, yeah, go ahead. Then he says, who thinks I can push this wheelbarrow across? Everybody says, yeah. So he goes and he does it. Now he says, "Who's? I'm going to do it again. Who's going to get in the wheelbarrow with me? Trust is not trust. Faith is not faith unless it is complete. Because the second half of verse 5 says, and do not rely on your own understanding." Folks, I'll go ahead and tell you something. If I try to figure out life in my understanding, I will think myself into a corner in a heartbeat. Because my understanding is not what God's is. Because the battle lines of trusting God is right here in this verse. 
The battle lines for trusting God is the difference between trusting God and trusting ourselves. Between trusting God and trusting ourselves. Because God is reasonable. And we are created in His image, right? And God is reasonable. Therefore, we have the ability to reason. It is not a crime. It is not a sin to go to college. It is not a sin to get higher thinking skills. It is not a sin to be um, a scientist or a philosopher or, or a professor. We need God-fearing people in those positions. But folks, when we try to reason ourselves away from God, we just get dumber. God gives us the power of reasoning. And God gives us reason. Why does he do that? Why does God give us the ability to think and reason? It is because he wants us to have a relationship with him. God gives us reason so that we can have a relationship with him. For example, he gives us reason so we can know him. He gives us reason so we can talk with him. He gives us reason so we can comprehend his will for us. And then also he gives us reason so that we can act according to his will in a world that is hostile to him. Folks, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, being a Christian in today's age is only going to get harder. Because now when you talk about biblical accuracy and what the Bible says, there are so many people that have so many different interpretations and they can try to take this word and they can reason it to say whatever they want it to say. But God's word is infallible and unchangeable. And reason apart from God will always cause us to get lost in our selfish desires and slowly drift away from God. The reason we are drifting away from God is because we are reading the Bible and not letting the Bible read us. It's not about us finding the scriptures to justify our position. It's about us reading the word and us becoming in line to its position. So trusting in God also, not only does it have to be total trust, complete trust, it has to be absolute. In other words, trusting God is not circumstantial. It's not conditional. Because when it says, how many ways do we need to acknowledge him? What was that word that starts with A? Y'all help me out. All! That's right. I'm not the smartest person in the world, but here you can take this to the bank. All means all. All means all. Half-hearted trust leads to half-hearted devotion, which leads to an unfulfilling spiritual pursuit of God that is always based on being good enough. Listen, there are so many Christians that are living just under what God has planned for them because they give him just enough to feel guilty. <laughs> they give him just enough to say, well, God, I've done this for you, I've done this for you, and I've done this for you, but I still want to do this. All means all. If you want to understand the blessing of being a Christian, you have to be, as Dabo says, all in. Jesus talked about that, where he says, if you're going to follow me, follow me. If not, Stop trying. He says, if you're lukewarm, you make me so sick, I want to vomit. If, and I would tell you today, if you're having trouble between deciding whether you're going to live for the Lord and live for God and live for the world, and you say, well, I'm having too much fun in the world, I would say, go have as much fun as you can while you can now. But if you're wanting to live for God, 
I would say let go of this because the harder you hold on to this, the more miserable you will be as a Christian. The most miserable person in the world will be someone that has confessed Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, but does not give him all of their life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. My email that has something called filters and I can, I can take the, the messages that come in and I can say, if this email has this address or it says these words, I want it to go to this folder. Or if this email is spam, I want it to go off into cyberspace and never come back again because I set up all these conditions for how my email comes in. Y'all do that? A lot of you that have email might do that. Some of you probably don't care. But the thing is, is that all these conditions di dictate where it goes. Folks, when it comes to our spiritual life, there are no filters. There are no conditions. Listen, I've talked with plenty of people. They say, James, I don't understand. I had my quiet time five days this week. I actually prayed to God, and I went to church two times this month, and I've done all these things for God, but he hasn't done anything for me. He hasn't answered my prayer like I wanted it to be answered. And I would say, because you haven't given him your all. You can give God your service. You can give God your time. You can give God any number of things. But the one thing you must give him that makes a difference is your heart. And how much of it? He says, all of it. There are no filters when it comes to trusting God. We either do trust God or we don't trust God. Trusting in Jesus is not a suggestion. It is an absolute necessity. Let me show you a biblical example of what trusting in God looks like. Turn, if you will, for a moment to Daniel chapter 3. Very popular passage. Again, if you've ever been to Vacation Bible School, I'm sure you've studied this passage about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Three men in the furnace, and there was a fourth one, and they came out and they didn't even smell like smoke. Remember that story? Well, as they leave, that, that is the pinnacle of the story. But as we look at complete devotion, as we look at devotion that is not circumstantial, I'm going to share with you a verse that I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it lights my fire. And, I mean, I tell you, when I read it, I won't take a lap. Because it is that powerful, but yet that condemning. If we look at Daniel chapter 3, we're going to read verses 8 through 18, if you don't mind. And check this out. It says, some Chaldeans took this occasion to come forward and maliciously accuse the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, may the king live forever. You as king have issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the drum. In other words, when the rock band starts and when you hear the music, everybody needs to fall down and worship your gold statue, Nebuchadnezzar. We call that an idol. Verse 11 says, Who does not fall down and worship will be thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. This was a setup, folks. These guys were trying to set up Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel because they knew that they would not bow to King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. It says, verse 12, There are some Jews who have appointed to manage the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men have ignored you, the king. They do not serve your gods or worship your gold statue you have set up. Boy, man, I'll tell you what. That was backstabbing 
middle school drama kind of just, you know, just tattletales. I mean, they, they were trying to really set these guys up. It was a sting. Well, it says in verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king after he was so irate with them. They said, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of the blazing fire. And he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. And then verse 18. Woo! Man, verse 18. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. That God, we trust you. But even if you don't decide to deliver us, we are going to be faithful. Look, turn on the news today. I mean, you know, this is not going to be a political rant, whether, whether whatever side of the, you're a donkey, you're a, you're an elephant, you're an independent, whatever you may be. Look, I don't know if the person you want to win is going to win or not. But I know this, that even if the right person or the wrong person gets elected in office, even if this world goes great, or even if it goes to hell in the handbasket, I know that God is going to take care of his people. So quit worrying about it. Trust God with all your heart. And in all your ways acknowledge him. That even if it doesn't work out perfect for us in November, God is still in control. As you leave this place today and you go back to your jobs and your families and your addictions and your problems that you can't shake, understand that it will still work out all right if you trust God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Even if God does not answer in the way that you want or expect, continue to trust Him. Some of the the greatest answers to prayer that God has given me has been no. Or wait. Why is that? Because it goes back to my point earlier. He knows what's better for me than I know myself. Do not let evil influence our fears or derail our trust in God. Do not let evil influences or fears derail your trust in God. (laughs) There are many mothers in here today that made decisions in the moment with the best information that they could have. They had to trust God to lead them in which paths to take. Those paths were based on the choices. The choices that your mother had made have been the very paths that you walked on to be here today. And I would go ahead and venture to guess that those of you that are mothers in here, if we were to interview you, you would say, oh yeah, when I found out I was pregnant, I had no idea what we were going to do. It just it kind of kicks in, doesn't it? And some days you make the good decisions, and some days you make decisions that you regret. But if you trust the Lord in all your ways and acknowledge Him, the great thing is, is that you're not in it alone. And the fact that you are here today is because some mother, some adult, some leader in your life has led you to be in the Lord's house today. And be thankful for that. The last thing we see is in verse 6. That trust is proven in our actions 
and our direction. Trust is proven in our actions and direction. It says in verse 6, Think about him in all your ways, and he will guide you in the right paths. I would, t- I would say it to you this way. Don't put God in a box. Any of y'all like those uh, like organizers and stuff like that? I'm, I always just remember in school, uh, when school would start, my favorite thing was to get the right lunchbox and get the perfect notebook. Y'all remember the Trapper Keepers? Oh, man, those things were awesome. And they had all these different kind of colors. You had compartments and zippers and folders and all this kind of stuff. You thought, man, I'm just going to have it all together if I've got all of this stuff organized. But here's the thing, folks. Let me tell you what I mean without putting God in the box. Don't make God part of something you do. Make God all of what you do. Because if someone is compartmentalizing God, that means that they got their Sunday suit and their Sunday look, and they put it on on Sunday, and then when Monday comes, to heck with the rest of that. God, I will give you everything in my life except this. If that is you, that's the one thing that he wants. We will know, God will know that we trust him by our actions and the direction that we take. Because we must seek God and his counsel regarding our homes, our family, and our work, and our friends, and our special interests. Let me show you that trusting Jesus, it requires humility. Trusting Jesus requires humility. And how is that? Number one, Jesus demonstrated that humility and that trust that he asked from us. He asked you to trust him in everything, right? Jesus asked you to trust him today. What gives him the right to ask you to trust him in everything? Well, because he modeled it. Luke twenty-two forty-two. you'll remember this one. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, nevertheless. Not my will, but yours be done. That was the turning point in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus told his father about the crucifixion. Okay, let's roll. Let's do this. He had to trust God. He had to trust his father. Jesus also humbled himself. It says in Philippians 2.8 that he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. And also, Jesus made us to be dependent upon him. I've said this a million times, and this will be a million and one. God created a hole in your heart that is only so big that Jesus can fill. And you can try to put everything else in that hole. Relationships, addictions, jobs, money, titles, experiences. At the end of the day, how many rock stars and celebrities do we need to see that die of the problem of excess because they are trying to fill their lives with things that the world cannot satisfy. Like it or not, God has created you to be dependent upon Him. God has created you to need a Savior. God has created you to need Jesus Christ. It says in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, that for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I'll put it this simple. God is God and you are not. That's what that means. 
God is God and you are not. So how do we walk on the right path that Proverbs talks about? Well, our love for Jesus must move our conduct to act for his will. For example, raise your hands if you agree with every decision your mother ever made regarding this. Every decision. Nobody? Somebody's like, I saw a couple of mothers go. No. You're not going to agree with everything. You're not going to agree with everything your mother says or does. Especially when they throw down this. But mom, I want to. I don't care. Why? Because I'm your mother. You know the argument's over after that. Or they say, go ask your father. And you go ask your father, and your father says what? Go ask your mother. <laughs> All roads stop at mother, don't they? My mother made decisions for me that I didn't agree with at the time. But you know what? I obeyed them. And it brought me to where I am today. She did the best she could with what she got. And uh, not talking about my size, but I was a handful as a teenager. You obeyed your mother and father even when you didn't agree with them. Why? Because you loved them and you respected them. And when you disobeyed them because... Why? Why did you disobey your parents growing up? And I'll tell you why. And this is going to sting a little bit because it stings when I hear it and when I apply it to my life. The reason you disobeyed your parents is because you loved that thing or that person, or whatever that was you wanted, you loved it more than you loved your mother. Oh, preacher, come on. No, it's the truth. Why do we rebel? Why do we do things that our parents, and that God doesn't want us to do? Because in that moment, we love that thing more than we love God. You don't believe me? Ask Adam and Eve with the fruit. That fruit, for that moment, they thought that they could not live without having a bite of that fruit. Trust him because you love him. If you want, if you want to take Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 to the nth degree today, I would say this. You will be able to trust him if you love him. I am grateful for my mother teaching me this Bible verse that everybody needs to know. This verse has helped me through many years of good times and bad times. And if you are having trouble trusting God today, I would just simply say this. Love Him more than that thing that's got you torn. If you are torn today between something, I would just say whatever's got you torn, love Jesus more than that thing. Because this verse is a benefit to believers, and for those that don't know Jesus Christ, it is a warning. That if you are not loving God and if you are not trusting Him, you're never going to get life to work out right. Trust Him enough to give Him your life today. Maybe once and for all. Or maybe just 24-7. You either may want to accept Him today and trust Him with all your heart to take this mess of a life that you have and make something beautiful out of it by becoming your Savior and Lord. Or maybe you're a believer that has just lost sight of the fact that you need to trust Him, and your paths are going all kinds of different directions right now.
You can either come to him for the first time or the millionth time. He's going to be there. Trust him enough to give him your life today because I know it would make your mother proud. It would make my mother proud too. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. Would you please stand?